0: You are listening to Illini Life Audio, messages from a community of Christian believers on the campus of University of Illinois at Urbana-Champaign. For more audio and video content, visit illinilife.org. Well, good morning, and we're back with a message. Apparently, uh, I'm, I'm Nick. If we don't know each other, I'm one of the pastors here in Illini Life. Uh, it's good to be with you all. I, uh, I wasn't here last week, and uh, it's good to be. Re- be back Well, uh, if you haven't seen, we're starting a new sermon series, and we have some great sermon graphics. Thank you, Russ, for doing these. I love them. They're awesome. <laughs> uh, the talent of Russell Dietrich. Yeah! Great, 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 great. So our, our series that we're beginning this week, it's five weeks. we're calling it Heroes of the Faith," as you can see. And our teachings, they flow out of chapter 11 of the book of Hebrews in the New Testament. It's a passage that's famously referred to as the Hall of Faith. Today, we're going to walk through that passage. And then each of the next weeks, I want to make sure you have a handhold of what's coming. So, so Hebrews 11, that comes near the end of the book, the end of this letter that's written. Now the author, he's already established in the beginning of the book four areas where Jesus is superior to the old Jewish ways. Our passage, it begins the conclusion of the book. He's wrapping up, the author is. If you were looking for a summary statement of the book of Hebrews, which I encourage you, study alongside us while we're doing that, this, this series. The summary statement would be this. Jesus is the ultimate revelation of God. Jesus is the ultimate revelation of God and is worthy of our devotion. I'll say, Jesus is the ultimate revelation of God. And he's worthy of our revelation or of our devotion. You know, it's it's this whole book, it's all about how Jesus is better than the things that came before. Jesus is supreme. Jesus is ultimate. That's the book of Hebrews. Throughout the letter, there's this whole sense of the stories, the figures, the systems of the Old Testament. They were examples of what was to come in Jesus. Jesus is so much more than the angels, than Moses, than the priests, and than the sacrifices in the Old Testament. This so-much-more-than principle, it's super important for understanding the book and understanding our series and our message. See, as we read God interacting with his people in the Old Testament, we can see how much more he will do the same sort of things in Jesus we get a foretaste of it. As we see him free the Israelites from captivity in the Exodus, we are reminded of how he will free all people from the the capture of sin through Jesus. As we see him call out Abraham to form a great nation, we're reminded of how he will call all people to the kingdom of God. As we see him, Take up residence in the tabernacle and live among his people. We are reminded of how he will take on flesh and walk among his creation in Jesus. All of this, this principle, it's important because God is still doing the same things for us today as he did back then. Just as the people of the Old Old Testament waited for Jesus, we are waiting for Jesus to return. We, as people of faith, await the day when God will finish making all things new and we will walk with Jesus in the new heaven and new earth. In that way, we, Aligning Life, we aren't that much different than the people we encounter in the Old Testament. They were people who lived waiting expectantly for God to come through and we can learn from their example. We can be encouraged by their lives and we can be strengthened by their faith. That's what chapter 11 of Hebrews is all about. That's what we want to zoom in on in this series. We want to be encouraged by the faith of those that have gone before us. Today, we're going to work through chapter 11 in Hebrews. And then each of these following weeks, the next four weeks, we'll hear from different teachers as they trace the stories of heroes of the faith referenced in our passage. We'll hear about Rahab the prostitute. We'll hear about Abraham, Joseph, and Noah. What I want us to see in our passage is our faith carries us forward. I'm sorry, I skipped a whole page. Rewind. <laughs> sorry, guys. Each week we'll focus on a character's faith and we'll allow that, the hope of their faith to be an encouragement to our faith. That's our hope in this series, that the faith of our heroes that have gone before us will encourage us. Which brings us to our message today, right? That's the series at a, lo- at, at a whole. Let's dive in. Waiting. As people of faith, we are people in waiting. We're waiting for God to finish the work he began in us. We're waiting for God to set things right. We're waiting for Jesus to return. And I don't know about you, but I'm not a person that likes waiting. It's Kind of like death to me. I'm a maximizer when it comes to my time. And if you know anything about me, you know that's a really true statement. Um, I've never, I'm never truly waiting, right? I'm always multitasking. I'm always filling the time with something else, trying to be productive. Right? And it looks like this in my life uh, Oh, this file's going to take five minutes to upload. Great. I'll just send these three emails, and that'll fill the time, right? The doctor's running 15 minutes behind. I'm prepared. I have this book I have to read for class this week. I can squeeze in a few minutes here. You know, and it doesn't help, right? Our society, like with my phone, I never really have to be idle, right? I could be productive or not productive, but I could fill the time with something, right? I never have to idly wait. I can distinctly remember as a kid, grocery shopping with my mom, and we'd get to the deli counter, and she would grab a number. Do you guys remember these things? Maybe they're still around. I never pay attention to them. Oh, it was like death. <laughs> I would listen. Okay, she drew 15... Number 10's next. Oh, gosh, that's going to take forever. So I think, how can I fill this time, right? Mom, what else is on the list that I can go get, right? I'll keep us moving forward on our mission to get our groceries. Anything to not just stand there and wait. Waiting, it's like death for me. It's, it's probably partly why I, I struggle so much when I'm behind the wheel. If I'm, if I'm stuck in traffic, you would... You would not see my life and think I follow Jesus. Let's just put it, let's just put it that way. Maybe you can relate. Oh, uh, yeah, come, come help disciple me in that area. But as I said, as people of faith, we are people who wait on God. But this waiting on God, it's a different kind of waiting. It's not an idle waiting. It's not a twiddling our thumbs sitting on the couch or in the pew waiting for Jesus. No, as God's people, we are people of action. We share his love and truth with those around us. We make him known. But ultimately, we do wait, don't we? We wait for God to show up. So as we look at Hebrews 11, I want you to keep that principle in the back of your mind. As we go through our series, I want you to keep that principle in the back of your mind. We are awaiting Jesus' return just as they awaited his first coming. What I want us to see in our passage this morning as we dive in, the foundation to, to our, our whole series, I want us to see that faith animates our waiting. I want us to see that by faith we press on. That's the point of Hebrews 11. If you get nothing else out of these next five weeks, today and the coming weeks, I want you to remember this. By faith we press on. So Let's unpack that. Let's, let's get at that. To begin, we have to start by defining what is faith. We need to know that we're all on the same page. And luckily, the, the author of Hebrews, they, they understood that and they start there, right? That's where our passage begins. So I put the words on the screen. You can read along with me or, or follow along in your Bible. I'm reading from the ESV, if that helps you. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it, the people of old receive their commendation. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. The verse we may have heard before, common reference. Faith, it's trusting in something that you can't explicitly prove, right? Right? Having faith in something means you believe and trust in it. Many of you, you had faith that the coffee we served you this morning has caffeine in it that will do wonderful things for you, right? (laughs) I have faith every morning when I wake up and pour a cup of coffee. You know, you maybe have a little bit of faith in the forecast, and you looked at that on your phone this morning and knew how to get dressed, right? Is it going to rain? Is it going to snow? Is it going to be 90 degrees? We never know. That faith may be misplaced at times in our forecast, but it's there. We trust in things all the time. We put our faith in things all the time. We trust that they will work and operate as we expect or as they have in the past. We trust that they will yield the results they promise. The same is true of God. We trust him to be faithful to his promises. We believe he has our best interest in mind and we allow that belief to motivate us to follow him. That's how faith works. Our faith, it gives us the desire to obey his instructions because we see him as good and worthy of our devotion, worthy of following. And that's what the whole next section of Hebrews 11 is all about. It shows us examples of people whose faith carried them forward to follow God. By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he has uh, a place that ha- he has to receive as an inheritance. Wow, I'm struggling. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith he went to live in the land of promise as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designers and builders, builder is God. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead, were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand on the, by the seashore." That's a lot. A lot of examples he just ran through, right? Here we're seeing that that the faith, it enabled Abel to make an acceptable sacrifice to God. That faith enabled Enoch to walk with God. That faith enabled Noah to build an ark. That faith allowed Abraham to obey and that faith allowed Sarah to conceive. That's what he just showed us. And the author of Hebrews, he points out these examples. He points them out to show us that faith is the undergirding of our lives. It's the support structure. Our beliefs and our actions, they all rest on our faith. It's through faith that we can be made righteous before God. That's what he's talking about with Enoch. It's through faith that we can walk with him. It's through faith that we have the power to obey him and follow him. Now, I'm not sure where you stand before God. But our only hope of being right before God is to place our faith in him. It's to trust in the sacrifice of Christ on the cross as sufficient for our sins and restorative of our relationship with God. Our faith makes us righteous before God. In Christ, we are made friends of God once again, through faith. If you haven't placed your faith in Christ to make you right before God, I urge you to do so. Come talk to me afterwards, talk to one of the staff, talk to one of the leaders, someone who brought you. I'm sure we would love to have that conversation with you. Faith is our only hope of being made right before God, and it's the starting place. And so, having placed our faith in Christ, we've been made right before God. And because of that, we can begin to obey. We can begin to follow our God. Our faith enables us to follow his original intent for what humanity was designed for, what creation was created for. Obedience, it's a tough word. Obedience is about living with God as our king rather than me as king, right? Through faith, we say yes when God calls us to lead a small group to share the gospel with our roommate, to serve at the coffee tent, to set up for service or tear down. But obedience, that's a difficult word for us, isn't it? It has a negative connotation for many of us in our society, many of us in this room. No, we like to, we like to be in control, don't we? We like to think we're free and our choice matters. And that's true in a lot of ways. But a lot of times it's an illusion for us. A lot of times we're, we're obeying something, whether it's God, our flesh, our desires, or the society. We can get hung up about obedience, right? We can, we can think it's, it's all about the big things, right? Don't steal, don't commit adultery, don't kill. I'm obeying, right? I'm doing the big things. You know, or, or I know many of you, because I know this has been true in my life too, right? Uh, it's, a, it's about, obedience is about waiting for the booming, loud, clear voice of God with thunder and lightning coming from the clouds to tell you what major to choose or what job to choose or whether or not to ask that girl out or to date that boy. Uh, you know, in, in my life, though, obedience, it's different. Obedience is about the thousands of small choices I make each day. The choices to say no to my flesh and my desires and say yes to God and his ways. It looks like choosing not to bend the truth to make myself look good when I'm confronted with areas I've failed. It looks like trying not to respond in anger when someone's angry with me. Obedience its about small choices and those lead to the larger choices. Consistent daily obedience in small things, that's the path to being obedient in the larger things, and seeing God bring about his promises, our faith, it enables that kind of obedience, the daily consistent obedience. You know, when, when I'm stuck in a pattern of sin in my life, or, or maybe when you've been stuck in a pattern of sin, which, which we all are and we all have, right? Let's, let's be honest about that. When that's the case, we often lack faith in some way. We lack faith that God will provide for our needs, and so we hold on to the things we have. We choose to be greedy and stingy rather than gracious, generous, and freely giving of our, of our time, our money, our, our possessions. We lack faith when we, protect, when, we, when, we cho- when we forget that God will protect his people, that our reputation rests in his hands. And instead, we, we take hold of the truth and we reshape it. Or we manipulate the situation so that we look good in the end. We lack faith when we choose to do those things. Or, or this, we lack faith. When we stop trusting that sex outside of marriage, it, it, it's, it's not the best, it's not good for us, it's not what God intended. And so we push boundaries in our relationships or we turn to pornography to fill that. Ultimately, corrupting what God intended for us, we lack faith when we operate in these ways. Let's let's continue on our passage. Let's uh, we reach sort of a, a break in in the examples, and, and we get a summary statement. So next, we're going to see that faith uh, that the, these people who operate in faith uh, they were they were doing so waiting on God. Let's let's read. that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. All the heroes of the faith, everyone he's already pointed to, they died. They died without receiving or seeing the, f- the complete fulfillment of God's ultimate promise. They all died without having seen Jesus, without having seen Jesus, God established his kingdom and his people and his presence among them. As they greeted him from afar, right? They saw it from a distance, but they never fully experienced it. By faith, they waited on God, just as we do today. You know, many of us, we are waiting in all kinds of ways on God, aren't we? We're waiting on God to provide a job, to provide direction in our lives, clarity about what, maybe what we should be studying, Maybe maybe we're even hoping that he would provide in some ways, like that he would provide a guy or a girl for us to share our lives with. He would provide children in our marriage. And whatever it is, in those ways that we individually wait on God, we all collectively, we wait on the return of Jesus. We wait for him to come and conquer evil once and for all, to set things right and restore creation to the way it was intended the ways that we yearn for it to be right. We can see glimpses of these things. We know of them. We know they're coming. and We can see them from afar. We can greet them from afar. We can trust that one day they will be here fully, even if we don't experience them, just as they didn't experience Jesus. So in many ways, we wait. But our faith, it allows us to continue on. Align a line of life. As we place our faith in Christ, we are made right before God. The only way we are made right before God. That same faith, it enables us to trust and believe in God's ways as better than our own ways. Though we wait on God to fulfill his promises, by faith we press on because faith is the undergirding of our lives, our beliefs, and our actions. Faith supports all we do and believe. Let's keep going in our passage. we got a lot of verses here. (laughs) Next up, we're going to see some more examples of heroes of the faith. And here we're going to see many ways in which the faith these people had, it gave them the power to trust God and follow his ways. Let's read. By faith, Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, Through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. By faith, Isaac invoked future blessings on Jacob and Esau. By faith, Jacob, when dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph, bowing in worship over the head of his staff. By faith, Joseph, at the end of his life, made mention of the exodus of the Israelites and gave directions concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward By faith he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible. By faith he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood, so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. By faith, the people crossed the Red Sea as on dry land, but the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish when, with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. I don't know if you feel that I do when I read it. The author, he's increasing his pace of examples, right? Right? He's, he's speeding up. He's getting into rapid-fire mode. He lists Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, the Israelites, Rahab. The key here in all these stories, the key here is that all these people, they trusted God when the circumstances were stacked against them. From an outside perspective, their actions, they would have been questionable. They would have seemed ridiculous. Abraham, right, he waited decades to have a son, and now he is offering him up as a sacrifice? Isaac, he offered blessings to both Jacob and Esau rather than just the firstborn. Joseph trusted God would bring his people out of Egypt, Egypt, the superpower of the day, to a promised land. Moses, he chose to remain set apart for God rather than enjoy the luxuries of Pharaoh's palace. The Israelites, they walked across a sea on dry land. They toppled city walls by marching around them and blowing horns. They believed God to do these things. Rahab, a prostitute, acted righteously. She helped the spies to take her city and sack it. These were ridiculous actions. Right? These were actions motivated by faith. Our faith, it enables us to trust God and to hope in his ways. By faith, we as people, we live in ways that seem ridiculous to the world around us, don't we? We as people of faith, we live lives, when viewed from the outside, can only be explained by faith. Right? We, just think about that, right? Like, we choose to give away our money to the church and charities generously because we see that all we have has been given to us as a gift. It's all God's anyways. We might as well bless others as we have been blessed. You know, we, we make choices about jobs and activities that allow us to still remain fully invested in a local church, in a body of, of believers to be encouraged and strengthened in our faith. Yeah, we, we live with others best in mind rather than just our own. We consider the, the needs and priorities of those around us rather than just our own. That's revolutionary. That's ridiculous to the world. Now, I'm not sure where you are in your life and, and where God is calling you to follow him despite the pressures of the world around you or the circumstances might be telling you. You know, may, maybe it's in a big way. Maybe you, you have some job offers on the table or, or you're looking at some job prospects. You know, and, and what God is saying is, maybe that's not the job for you. It's, it's high paying, but it looks like you'd never be home. It looks like it'd be really hard for you to set down any roots and be a part of any community, church or otherwise. It might not be the best thing for you. It might be okay, but I'm not sure where God's speaking in your life. Maybe it's something small, right? Maybe it's the choice this week not to copy your friend's homework and instead do the work yourself or take the lower grade because you couldn't get it done. Maybe, maybe it's in your accountability, this group. Maybe the, the challenge where God is calling you is to be more than just partially honest, right? To be fully honest and fully repent of the areas you've sinned. Ask for forgiveness, repent, and be set free from your sin. Whatever it is for you, I urge you, as a person of faith, to trust that God's way is the better way. Lean in, follow God. It's the better way. Listen to him and choose his way. Don't go with the circumstances. Don't go with the world's priorities. Wait on God. Let's continue on our passage. Let's let's see where where we're headed next. Next, we're going to see that faith holds us up when everything is stacked against us, when everything is crashing down on us. Let's read. And what more shall I say? The author is really rapid fire mode right now, right? He's, he's wrapping up examples of the Old Testament. He's moving into things that happened in the days of Jesus and things that were happening in the early church. Right? He alludes to it. There isn't enough time in the day or ink in the pen for us to write about all the heroes of faith, all the things that have encouraged and strengthened us. There isn't enough time because all those that live by faith are a hero in their own right. All have made the heroic choice to take a leap of faith and follow God, to go with him when the circumstances were stacked against them. Now, if this letter, if this were letter were written to us, Illini Life, it would include the stories of your courage and your faith. It might sound something like this. What more should I say? Time won't allow me to speak in depth of the faith of each and every one of you. But let me remind you of how. By faith, Zach, PJ, and Drew lead a small group in LAR. (laughs) By faith, Connor and Amy lead a small group in ISR and Hendrick House. By faith, Alan and Russ lead small groups for non-students. By faith, Brooke, Molly, and Eric lead small groups in Ike. By faith, Val and Emily lead a small group in FAR and PAR. By faith, Kyle leads a small group for grad students. By faith, David, Kate, and Riley brew coffee each week for the coffee tent. By faith, Matt and Susie open up their home and love and care for so many of us. By faith, Russ and Megan pour out their lives to lead us in worship. By faith, Alan and Ashley left successful careers to serve and lead in the church. By faith, the Kleppers, the Norcrosses, the Vanderwaters, the Flagers, the Britons, David and Maddie, Adriana, Izzy, Alyssa, David, Matt, and so many others have sacrificed to love and serve the church. You see, your stories, your faith, it's just as heroic and inspiring to me and those around you. Together, we make up a great cloud of witnesses with all the heroes of faith. I didn't know I was going to get choked up. <laughs> as heroic as our faith is, right? As great, as encouraging as it is, we all know that along the way, as we follow God, we will inevitably encounter rejection, persecution, persecution. Negative things against our, our, our faith For our readers of, of this letter, it was a real present danger. Physical persecution was a reality they faced. They were physically being persecuted and put to death, their faith for their faith in Jesus. Now today that's not us, right? At least not here in the U.S., not here on this campus. Today we encounter persecution in, in subtler ways. It's rejection from those around us. It's being prejudged because we are Christians. It's in the ways that people make assumptions about our beliefs or, or how we think about them because we follow Jesus. Or, or maybe even in its most overt cases, it's, it's just mocking, saying we're anti-intellectual because we're people of faith. You know, maybe one of the lowest blows here at a university. No matter what it looks like, the reality is we will face hostility, we will face persecution. And when we do, our faith, it stabilizes us, it sustains us. Faith upholds us when everything is crashing around us. And this is because as people of faith, we have our eyes set on God rather than on ourselves. We look past our circumstances, we look past the things that oppose us, and we look to God. The uncomfortable forms of persecution we might experience, the pressures to run after the riches of the world rather than God, now all those things, we look past them we look to God and his coming kingdom. Align our life. By faith, we set our eyes on Jesus rather than on the things of the world. The faith we have, it carries us forward in the face of uncertain circumstances, in the face of temptation to run after worldly success rather than God, in the face of rejection from those around us. By faith, we press on because faith stabilizes us and sustains us. It allows us to trust and hope in God and his ways. And so as we draw towards the end of our passage this morning, we're reminded that living by faith doesn't mean we always get what we want, though. Right? Despite that, though, we can continue on. Let's let's read. Let's see what the author of Hebrews has to say for us. And all these, though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised. Since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us they should not be made perfect. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight Faint-hearted. All the heroes of the faith that we've heard about this morning, that we will hear about in the coming weeks, they, got, they died without ever seeing God complete the fulfillment of what he had promised. They didn't see it completed in, in its totality. Though they greeted that, it from afar, they never fully saw it. Though they experienced a taste of it in the promised land and the blessings of God, they never got to experience it. In its fullness. Yet by faith, they continued on following God and believing that one day they would see it and experience it fully in this life or the next. They died not knowing of the beauty of God's plan to take on flesh and walk among His people, to go to the cross and save His people and to rise from the dead, defeating death once and for all for his people. The readers of this letter, they lived in that reality, just as we do. They knew the beauty and what, what that was with that plan. The heroes of the past, the readers of this letter, and us today, we're all made perfect, we're all made right before God in Christ The heroes of faith, they yearned for God to fulfill his promises. He did it in Jesus, and he will continue to complete it when Jesus returns and establishes his kingdom in all its glory, in all its power. Like them, we walk in faith, but we're not guaranteed to get all we hope for, all we long for or yearn for. But with all the examples of faith that have gone before us, all the examples that stand with us, we press on to follow Jesus. Illini Life, we stand with a great cloud of witnesses who by faith pressed on and waited on God through all things. And they did it by considering Jesus, the author and perfecter of their faith, With our eyes set on Jesus, we will not grow weary and faint hearted. So let us be a people who, by faith, wait on God and press on. Would you pray with me?